Welcome to the Community of Hope Church podcast. Our church exists to interest disinterested people in Jesus Christ and then grow together into fully devoted followers of Him. So wherever you are, we hope you find this message helpful, practical, and applicable to your life. God bless. I want to encourage us to grab our notes and we're gonna we're gonna dive into something we've been planning to share with you for a while now, and uh, we're going to do a book study through the book of Colossians. And uh, once a year, what I try to do in our te- with our teaching team is I, I say, let's, let's study a book in scri- uh, uh, of Scripture together. And uh, over the years, in fact, I've made some notes. We've gone through James and Galatians, Philippians, Thessalonians. Uh, we've done parts of the Old Testament. And now we're going to do uh, the book of Colossians. And uh, whenever we do this, uh, I, there's a goal that I have. I want to just tell you my goal. My goal is I want you to know the Bible better. I want, you to, I want you to know how to do the Bible better so that you'll do the Bible better. That was profound. I'm going to say it again. I want you to know how to do the Bible better so that you do the Bible better. Thank you. Thank you. How many of you would say, I'd like to learn how to do the Bible better? Um, it, it's an interesting thing for us to, to think about. Um, one of the things I love about our church is that we don't make assumptions at Community of Hope that everybody gets it. That when you come in here, you've got it all figured out. And you can go to churches and there is this weird feeling. I grew up in one that I'm supposed to know stuff I don't yet know. I'm supposed to manufacture feelings that I don't know that I really have these feelings and all of that. And when Beth and I were conspiring years ago uh, about Community of Hope, we said, let's, let's suspend all that and let's be a church that allows people to come in and, and navigate forward a relationship with Jesus Christ and, and to remove all the guilt and the shame that is sometimes associated with the fact that we don't know stuff we're trying to figure stuff out. And so this has been honestly a real key to the growth of our church over the years is because I find that people respond to that. We're all just wanting to learn and wanting to grow. Amen to that? So that's what we're striving to be. And um, we're going to learn about that in this wonderful book. This was a uh, one of Paul's letters that was um, really instrumental to me when I was first navigating what I call the fledgling steps of being a first-time follower of Jesus many, many years ago. And uh, in fact, we've chosen what our rhythm in our church is. We'll, we'll pick a verse and we say, this is kind of a, a verse, a theme verse that, that we're building a lot of material out of. And we chose Colossians 1.28. I want to put it on the screen. The guys are going to put it on the screen. We're going to read it out loud together. Let's read it out loud. Ready? Go. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. What I want you to notice in that verse, Paul says twice, he uses the word everyone. We want to admonish and teach everyone so that everyone, everybody becomes a fully devoted, fully mature follower uh, of Jesus. I almost entitled this message today, ta-da! And you know why? Because um, look at what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, here, here's the thing. 
We, we should all figure out where we are in our journey and navigate forward to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Fully mature. Ta-da! That's, see, see it making sense now? You're kind of getting it? I was thinking about this. Um, you know, the idea is this. Paul had a method to his madness. For Paul, the goal wasn't church attendance. It's not a sticker on your car. It's, it's not that you sing in the choir or that you tithe. The goal is that you become fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. That's the goal. And the question really becomes, you know, really, what, what is involved in that? And that's what we're going to learn and we're going to look at together. I want to read a passage of Scripture. We're going to read the very beginning of this book and we're going to, this letter, and we're going to learn together, okay? So here's how Paul starts the letter of Colossians. And this is the 12th like book in in the New Testament. We have four Gospels. You know what they are? Say them with me. Matt, Luke, and John. What's after John? Acts, then Romans, then 1st and 2nd Corinthians. And then these four letters that Paul wrote, I always think of them in order this way. It's Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. And in my brain, I always go, General Electric Power Company. <laughs> I know that's deep, but that's how I remember it, okay? So here's how Paul says it. I don't know why I shared that. He says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. Now, we always uh, thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith in Christ and of the love you have for all of God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel, which is good news, is bearing fruit and it's growing throughout the whole world just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant who is faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. And so for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life, there it is, worthy. Live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance. That's what we need today, and great patience. And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, and he has brought us into the kingdom of his Son that he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. Let's pray. God, would you just do what only you can do? And that you can, in this space, Lord, you can navigate in this space so, so incredibly all the different places we find ourselves in as we sit here those streaming online and and lord you can help all of us take for each of us the next right step that we may become fully mature 
because we need it. And the world needs it. Might it happen and become so. In the name of Jesus, we pray and everyone said. Um, this is a great book, a great letter. And scholars say that somewhere around AD 60, somewhere in there, Paul, Paul wrote. And uh, it's interesting that uh, we're learning right away, just some introductory comments, that um, this is not a church that scholars believe Paul planted. Uh, it's a church that um, was started by a guy, and he references him, Epaphras. Uh, but Paul hears that the church was struggling. And he hears that um, they were struggling with some misunderstanding of who Jesus was. And, and this is one of the things I wanted to say, because I think it's, it's, it's important because a lot of us in our culture today, we're all trying to figure out who Jesus is. And, and there are some ideas that are floating out there that are, that are not great ideas, and the interesting thing that Paul is reminding us uh, in this space and in, in this letter is that uh, in this day, the reason he writes it, that this church was starting to take into itself false ideas about Christ, uh, ideas that were uh, coming from views from culture and other religions and astrology, even magic, that were making him less than who he claimed to be. And here's what, here's what Paul, the general idea Paul's trying to get across. You, you have to evaluate and vote Jesus on the island or off the island based on who he said he was. And here's the thing. He never claimed to be a prophet. He never claimed to be a good guy. He claimed to be God in human flesh. So if you're going to evaluate or have a strong opinion about G, who Jesus is, you have to evaluate him based on that. And, and, and here's the thing. We never want to shrink back from that. I don't want to ever have you uh, lessen your view and think that's a good thing. No, you've got to evaluate him on that. In fact, I remember years ago, I think it was Hudson Taylor, uh, a missionary, who said this, either Jesus is Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. That's how you have to evaluate him. And so Paul becomes aware that, that this is sort of a shifting thing that's going on in the church. And, and, and so he helps us. The letter helps us. And along the way, we're going to learn over these eight weeks, he, he invites into the conversation some phrases about Jesus that we've never heard before, but they become foundational phrases around which form the basis of how we should be thinking about God and Jesus this God in human flesh. I want to give you some of these phrases. We're going to read together that, that Paul writes this. He says that Jesus is the, the image of the invisible God. Now just think about that for a moment. That, that if you want to know who God is, you look at Jesus. Okay? Here's another one Paul says. He says that Jesus is the one through whom God created everything. See that? He's not, this is not a lowering of the view. It's a, it's a high view. Here's another one. Jesus is the head of the church. Here's one of my favorites. He's the firstborn of all who will rise from the dead. You see what Paul's doing? He is giving us an ascending view 
of who Jesus is. And if you're here this morning or you're listening uh, online and you're trying to navigate a faith relationship with Jesus Christ, we invite you in, we welcome you, but we want to say this, evaluate him on that. Vote him on the island or off the island based on that. And so along the way, what what, what Paul is, is doing is he is inviting us to take a deeper look at what Christian spiritual maturity actually looks like so that we can notice it uh, when we see it or we can experience it uh, in our lives. You ever thought about this? Um, How can you tell when a person is growing up? You ever had anybody say to you, you know what, you just need to what? Grow up, right? Can you ever, how do you, how do you tell that? And we think about it in our natural world. I was thinking about this, that with, if we're moms and dads, parents, we document this kind of stuff, don't we? Right? I mean, I, I've shared before, I'm in the middle of three sons. I have an older brother. And in our house growing up, we had all these photo albums of my older brother, all the first thing, things he did. You know, here, here's his first smiles, first messy diaper. We have a smaller amount of albums. For me, we have... My younger brother, we have a picture of him graduating from high school. <laughs> and we say at our family, if you look closely, we're not even sure it's him. We're like, I, I, ah, that's Dean. I think that's Dean, you know? And uh, we, we document all this stuff. I remember when our girls were little, we were pastoring a small church. It was 30 minutes outside of Tallahassee. Anytime we had to go into Tallahassee to go to the store or anything like that, it was like 30-minute drive. And we... We had, uh, we had, Beth had these little cassettes with songs on them, and we would have the girls sing the songs. And in fact, a cassette, I don't know, I brought one. I don't know if you've ever seen it. And I agreed after the service, it'll be out there. If you'd like to touch it, I'll let, let you actually touch it. But um, she, we would put these songs on, and I can still remember the girls would sing, and moms and dads, you'll remember this. Like, remember when kids are growing up and they sing the songs wrong? And it's so cute. And we would just, we would, we had this one song that Shelly would sing and we'd hit reverse. That's what you could do with a cassette. And we'd sing it again and she'd sing it wrong. She'd sing it wrong. And I'll never forget the day as a dad, she sang it right. And it, I was like, oh. And I remember this. I, I am embarrassed to tell you, I corrected her. I said, no, I don't sing it that way. And Beth was like, you need to see a counselor. Well, you need. And I just remember going, oh, no, she's growing up. So let me ask you a question. How do you know what what it looks like when we're growing up spiritually? Would you know it if you saw it? If, if, If you bumped into it, would you go, there it is. There's spiritual maturity. That person has grown up in their faith. Can I, can, I just, can I just tell you, our world struggles because so many of the ch- in the church have never grown up. And if, if we would just grow up, man, what a difference we could offer. I've shared with you before, every now and again, it was Jesus who said, I'm going to build my church. Remember that phrase? And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And as a pastor, every now and again, I just cry out to the Lord and I say, Lord, could you have not come up with a better idea than the church? 
But this is how he's going to do it. And if he's really going to get his work done, a lot of us are going to have to grow up. And, and I notice that, that when, when Paul is writing some things here, I want to draw attention to just real quickly, I want to draw attention to three things that we're going to build on over the next several weeks. So I'm going to lay some foundation. I'm going to lay a track. We'll, we'll, we'll drive on the track here over the coming weeks. I want to draw attention, first of all, that obviously, since we're reading this letter, uh, one of the ways that we develop spiritual maturity is we become people who are in the Word. Right? This is a letter, but this is God's Word to us. And, and, and when you think about this being God's Word, what you notice is that this is a word, uh, and, and we're learning some things about God that we would not otherwise know, and this is how we learn them, this is how we know them. Uh, but we have, to, we have to become more proficient in this. We have to grow, we have to learn, we have, we have to study from people who know more than we do and better than we do so that we can learn to become better disciples and better uh, understanding of God's Word. Um, the, the spiritual fathers used to refer to this as what they would call, if you want to impress all your friends later, they'd call it works of piety. And these are the works of piety that when we open God's Word and we begin to read God's Word, I, I, uh, I like to do woodworking, uh, and it's sort of a thing I like to do. And the reason I like to do it is because when I'm finished, I could look at something and it's finished. Anybody know what I mean by that? And a lot of like pastoral ministry, it's never finished. I mean, you guys are exhausting. <laughs> and, and so I, 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 like to, I like to look at stuff that I've done. I'm building something right now, Beth's closet. I want to just show you this is, I'm not showing you. Somebody said, why didn't you show me the finished project? And I said, because it wouldn't be impressive yet. But there's some stuff that I'm building, and I've, I've, these are some cuts that I've made. And here's the interesting thing. I had to build a jig so that I could make repeatable cuts. Anybody with you working with me? So that it's all the same, and when I put it together, it fits. This is sort of like the idea behind God's Word. It just keeps you in the right lane. Right? And so um, you have to do it. You have to take the time. You have to develop the, the discipline of that. Uh, my wife and I have a place that we always go. I'll show you the picture. This is our back porch. This is, this is where we spend a lot of the beginning of our day right there, opening the Word together and, and growing and learning until we do this about seven months out of the year, and then it's too hot, and Beth doesn't go on the back porch again until January. <laughs> That's how that works in our house, Okay. But um, so the first thing I want to say is this idea uh, about the word and that we identify a place and we, we begin to, to develop wisdom. And here's the reason I think this is important. And, and maybe you want to write this down. I believe with all of my heart that all of us are facing moments in our lives where our circumstances will outpace our wisdom and our maturity. And where are you going to go get more wisdom? Where are you going to go get more maturity? When your life bumps into something that you didn't expect, and something happens in your life that you don't, you don't have a foundation how to make sense, where are you going to go? See, this is an important question. 
And our circumstances will always, if we're not careful, outpace our wisdom and outpace our maturity. So we have to figure out a way to go about that. This is how we go about that. This is true. It's true of every one of us in the room right now. Every one of us has something going on where you're going, if you were honest, I need more wisdom around this. I need, I need to grow in this. I need, I've been through this before. It didn't go well. This should go better this time. I've got to learn. I've got to grow. This is, this is why the word is important to us. It's a source. And then Paul, real quickly, he says this. It's not only the practice of being in the Word, it's the practice of being in service. There's an outflow. We're developing our muscles and we're growing. The spiritual fathers used to refer to this, they would refer to it as works of mercy. I mean, this is what we're doing right now, right? We're going we're gonna to band together as a church, and we're going to demonstrate works of mercy to our friends who are to our east of us. I thought it was very interesting. Just we were planning. We're still doing that. We, we were just heading west in our church uh, right in this space to, to do build-out from the last hurricane that went that way. I mean, this is what, this is what we do. And, and what you don't use in your faith, we all know it, right? You lose it. And so I notice in these, in these 14 verses, I mean, here's Paul talking about, you know, we're, we're reading the word together. He's talking about service and works of mercy. And then real quickly, I want to say this. He talks about prayer. Uh, and prayer is talking to God and learning to let him talk back. And we grow in prayer. A lot of times when we first start praying, they're like the 911 prayers. Anybody know what those are? I bet we all prayed them last week. Lord, can this go somewhere else? Can Lord, please? Right? We're, we're doing that. And sometimes we cast aspersion on those prayers and we go, that's, that's not great. I think those are always beginning prayers. That's where we're learning how to pray. You're, you're, you're looking up and, and you're praying. But, but let, me, let me challenge you around how we need to grow. Let me, let me ask you to think about this. So we were praying it didn't hit our area. And the Bahamian people were praying it didn't hit their area. Are our prayers better? Does God love us more? Because sometimes I hear, if I could just gently nudge, sometimes I hear, uh, I think well-meaning Christian people, now listen very carefully so you don't attack me in the lobby afterwards, say, you know, man, praise God, God answered our prayer that it didn't hit us. But, but, but more intellectually astute people go, well, if you're praying that and God answered that prayer, but you prayed it over there, what does that mean? And see, one of the things we're going to learn in this series is that there are, love, there are other things going on. There are other tensions in the room, like the problem of evil. Like that the world is in an altered state of reality because it's broken and not originally the way God intended. Like that God is restoring all things. And as one Christian writer says, the tension 
between when heaven touches earth in that thin space when there's stuff we don't know and understand. How do we make sense of that and see where God is still yet involved? There's a, here's what I want to tell you. There's a lot in play in this. And the only way we're going to really be able to make sense of it in our own lives and help others make sense of it is we have to grow up. We will all reach places in our lives where, where elementary faith doesn't work with the circumstances of our lives. And I want to say, I say this every now and again, I'm going to say it right now. As a pastor, that's always a really hard place to enter into. When, when we've not done the, the work and then life happens and we're trying to make sense of stuff. This is important. And so Paul is inviting us a little into this reality. I notice, I want to say this real quickly, I notice that in Paul's prayers, Paul says, we're praying for you knowledge. When was the last time you prayed to better understand who God is and how God works? Paul says, I pray for you wisdom so that we might respond and be more wise. Paul says, I pray for you understanding so that you can make sense of your faith and help others make sense of your faith. Do you notice what he's doing there? Level two prayers. This is what we need. But he draws us back every time to the God who in human flesh, shows us the Heavenly Father. And it's this God, the Bible says, that reminds us even of His sacrifice for us and how on the night He was betrayed, He broke bread and He said, eat the bread, this is my body given. And then the Bible says after supper, he gives thanks and he turns to the disciples and he said, drink from the cup. This is like my blood shed and I'm restoring all things. I'm even going to restore a religious system and you don't have to do all these other weird sacrifices. No more birds. I'll be the one sacrifice for your sin. Praise God, right? So this morning, we invite you to come and partake of Holy Communion. And we'll have stations out. We have a gluten-free station, I think, back there. But, but I want to ask you, when you come, I, I want you to come first with a heart of gratitude. I think many of us in the room want to just say thanks, and that's, that's appropriate. But then also, would you come with prayers to say, Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Let me, let me help to be the church and grow up the way you need me to grow up. God, for all of your people, would you help us? These are important moments to remember that the development of our faith is really important. Really important. So thank you in your mercy, God. You have invited us in and invited us to 
experience your grace and the forgiveness of your sins. Let us be the kinds of people in this moment who look over our own heart, take stock of our own lives before we receive of this meal before us that we might remember your grace and your mercy so that when we leave here, we might be expressions of your grace and your mercy. This we pray in Jesus' name and everyone said, amen. To my right, your left, would you come as you feel led? Lord, we just thank you in this space. We just thank you for exactly who you claim to be. And God, we just want to pray that we would become the kinds of people who are the image bearers of a faith that has been properly handed from one generation to the next. And that, God, we might be the kinds of people that are showing the beauty and the wonder and the grace and the mercy of your kingdom every place we go. So give us the courage, O oh God, to step into our faith, to use this as a space in this season to grow and to grow up and to become fully formed. Might that become a value, a goal for us, that you, by the power of your Spirit, teach us these things. This is our prayer offered in the name of Christ, who is our Lord. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. Go in His grace, and we'll see you next weekend.